101.9, Chai FM, Soul to Soul, on Friday afternoon, Erev Shabbos Kodesh, Parshas Yisrael. Yep, it's already Yisrael. And it's also Shabbos Mavorchem of Chodesh Adar. Adar is coming, Purim is coming, believe it or or not. And a warm, warm welcome to our show today. Hope you're all well and uh, survive this amazing week we've had, or Baruch Hashem, we've had so much bracha, had so much rain, which of course is the greatest bracha that HaKadosh Baruch Hu sends down to us, not only this week, last week also, Baruch Hashem, so we 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 are in a state of tremendous for everything that He does to us, in spite of the fact that it's still a difficult time and a lot of people are suffering, but we cannot forget to always remember the small things. Always remember what HaKadosh Baruch Hu does, does in every sphere of our life that's worthy to 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 thank Him for. Let's start with a nice, light little idea. Rav Avram Avish served for many years as the Rav of, of Frankfurt Amain. And it was a city where there was strong, strong control and Shabbos was something that was observed by everyone. Until one day, one of the merchants in, in the city broke the, 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 kind of the breach, the, the wall of, of Shemir Shabbos and decided to leave his shop open for trade on, on Shabbos Kodesh. So, Rav Ram Ovish wanted to meet with that businessman in order to try to convince him to try to uh, 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 implore with him about the kedusha, about the beauty, about the importance of yin of yin keeping keeping Shabbos, and and that he shouldn't, you know, break the consistency, break the the uniformity of the kill that was keeping that was keeping Shabbos at that at that time, and that had always been the 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 practice there, but in spite of the Rav's desire to make such a meeting happen, it never happened because at the same time as that merchant uh, opened his shop on Shabbos, he also made himself very scarce in the shul and, and even on Shabbos and Yantav. Didn't didn't appear in sh- in shul anymore. And Avavish was, was worried that if he would call, you know, send his Shabbos to, to uh, uh, call him and he would refuse so that would be a bizarre, that would be a, a lessening of the covets. So what did the Rav do? He called one of the very distinguished members of the community, who happened to be one of the main customers of this, of this, uh, businessman, and he instructed him that he should buy a large amount of merchandise from this businessman on, on credit, and when the due date for the payment would would come, so he should somehow uh, 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 kind of deny or try to escape having to pay the 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 debt, and and tell the the businessman that if he wanted to have his money, he should he should take him to a to a dintera in front of of the of the killer and 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 sort it out. So the man did exactly. What Avram said, and eventually they 
They both appeared in in the house of the Rav, right? So to speak, for a for a din Torah. Obviously, as soon as they arrived, the 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 so-called debtor, you know, straight away handed him an envelope with all the money that that uh, that he that he owed him. But at that point, so uh, Rav Avram explained to him that the whole sort of the whole performance here was only a pretense to get this businessman to come to to the Rav and he began to implore him with, with tears and, and, and beautiful words how important it was to, to keep Shabbos and, and how every Yid's Neshama is connected to, to, to Shabbos it's the Eispris it's the, it's the sign of the connection between ourselves and, and Klaiso and the businessman answered, what the Rav says is fine and, fine and good. But he says, but could I ask the Rav a question? He says, is it permitted for a, a Rav in, in Klaiso to use such a, a ruse to, to, to bring someone to his house just on, under the pretense of a, of a, of a dintari, which never was and, and, and never will be just to uh, 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 to you know, to be able to talk about uh, a Shemir Shabbos. So, answer Avish seriously. Not only is it allowed, it's actually a mitzvah and 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 a holy obligation. How do I know? It says I learned this from Moshe Rabbeinu, because Moshe says about Moshe it says. Moshe Emes was Emes. Moshe was the epitome of absolute truth. And what does Moshe Rabbeinu say to Yisrael when Yisrael asks him, what are you doing sitting here judging the people? So he said to him, Ki davar boilai, that uh, if they have something, they'll come to me. He said, what that means is, sometimes the robe may have a matter which he has to discuss. And, and the person, unfortunately, is not prepared, boy, lie, is not prepared to come to me and to discuss it face, uh, uh, face to face. And, and the opportunity doesn't raise itself. So what is the correct advice? So when it carries on, that the way to get him to come is to create a pretense of a dintaira to get the person to come. To the uh, to the Rav, and once he's there, carries on the pasuk. I'll use the opportunity to let him know the mitzvahs, whatever whatever message I need to I need to get across the person. I can use that opportunity to to drive home my my words to him. Needless to say, the person at, right there on the spot promised the Rav that he would never break Shabbos again and would continue to maintain the sanctity of Shabbos in in, uh, in Frankfurt. 101.9 Chai FM. We'll be back. Chai FM, your station of choice since 2008. 101.9 Chai FM, soul to soul. Friday afternoon, Erev Shabbos, Kodesh, Pashas, Yisrael. Welcome back to the second segment of, of our show. So, of course, this week we read about the Aseras Adibras, the ten statements 
that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave to the Bnei Yisrael and is the, the cornerstone of, of our relationship with, with the Rabban Islam. And of course, the pivotal one, the fifth of the Aserah Sederis, which of course connects the five that are between us and Hashem and the five that are between us and other human beings, Kibbut Aim connects those two because Kibbut Aim, of course, is the relationship between us and our physical parents and the third partner in our relationship, which is HaKadosh Baruch Hu itself, right? Honor your father and mother so that your days, so that your days should be, should be lengthened. Now, Kibbut Aim, we know, is one of the most difficult mitzvahs to fulfill properly because there's no shear, there's no, there's no limit to how far, there's no measurement to how far the mitzvah, the mitzvah goes. Right? Because one can always do more for our parents. You never get to the point, right? I've done everything I can. That's it. In fact, uh, uh, that's a disturbing Gemara, but the, the great Amira Abaya, who unfortunately was an orphan, his father died before he was born, and his mother actually died in, in childbirth. He considered himself fortunate that he never transgressed the, the mitzvah, one in, in Kedushin. So difficult, and there's so many situations that really try one, especially when one's dealing with older parents, Sometimes it can become very, very difficult. So the question is, why is the reward that the Torah promises for Kibbut Avayim, Arichas Yamin, longevity, right? Um, why is that the standard reward for Kibbut Avayim? So Shah perhaps says that every generation is a link in a continuum that goes all the way back to Hasinai and carries on until the advent of, of Mashiach, Mashiach the King. This link is as strong as the relationship one has with his past. By honoring one's parents, so he creates, he, he forges and, and, and almost concretizes his relationship with the past, which actually lengthens his days. We always think that somehow lengthening days as going forward, we will live for a long time, somewhere in the future. We forget that. <laughs> almost more importantly, we can lengthen our days by going backwards and connecting to, to the past. Indeed, we actually have no present because every moment that passes transforms the present into the past. Without a past, the future has no foundation and is actually destined to be quite quite short-lived. The Stuck of the Rebbe was walking down the street when he came upon a young man pushing the the his his wheelchair bound father. It was a very hot, humid day, 
and, and the sweat was dripping profusely from the young man's face. It was obvious that pushing his father's wheelchair was not an easy task at all. And the young man was demonstrating extraordinary, mysterious nefesh and devotion to this mitzvah of, of Kivarov. The Rebbe later remarked to this, to this young man, you know, what it says that the, the heavenly angels immerse themselves in the Nahar Dinor, the Dinor River. And this river is, we know, comprised of fire and it separates this world from the world to come. And every Nishama has to pass through this river of Dinar in order to cleanse itself of any sort of residue of, of, of this material world before it can get access to Alam Haba. Now, we know whatever it means. The heavenly angels release a spiritual kind of, of sweat from their great fear of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. This sweat is the source of the water which makes up the Nahar Dinar. We know Hasidim, a, a toivel, immerse themselves in, in a, in a mitla, which is a natural collection of water, living spring or groundwater, whatever it might be. Says, said the Rebbe to this young man, your tevila, your immersion in the sweat produced in the performance of the mitzvah of Kibbutz finds greater favor in my eyes than any of, of, of the others. Kibbutz can take on many, many different forms. Sometimes, you know, to the superficial, Observer might be very, very difficult to, to understand. And maybe that's why he is a superficial observer because he doesn't try to see the depth. The story is told that in the summer of 1942, the Nazi murderers were, were on the prowl. They were looking for the Baba Vareva, Rav Schleimer, who with the aid of, of a, a false papers was able to cross the Hungarian border into into Nimok. And it was there that the Rebbe and his son, Rav Naftali, were taken into into captivity and, and subjected to, to cruel, cruel persecution. They spent Shabbos Kurdish together as as captives, waiting to be executed. It was only a matter of time. It was at this point that the Rebbe embraced his son and said, Naftali, my precious son, you know that the body of a Jew is nothing more than physical matter comprised of earth from, from the ground. The body can be persecuted and even destroyed. But the other component of the Jew, his neshama, his soul, cannot be touched. It's eternal. It's untouchable by, by, by these, by these beasts. It says, I am your father and you are my son. You still have 
one more mitzvah which you can fulfill before they, they separate us. And that is the mitzvah of Kivirav. I ask of you to fulfill the mitzvah of honoring your father. Please listen to what I'm going to tell you. It says tomorrow they will take us out to be executed. It will be our opportunity to be Shem Shemayim, to sanctify Hashem's name. When the murderers kill us, remember to say, Ki Alecha Horagnu Kol Hayyim. For you, we will die every single day. I have no doubt that the murderers will do everything to make me suffer as much as possible until the moment that my neshama leaves my body. I will cry out loudly to Hashem. Shema Yisrael. You too will cry out. Shema Yisrael. My last request of you, my dear son, is please do not cry when they torture me. Because your weeping will kind of befuddle me and restrict my, my, my kavana. I want to give up my life for HaKadosh Baruch Hu and need to remain completely focused on this, on this, uh, on this mitzvah. That's how far Kibbut Avayim can, can, uh, can go. And to that last moment, just before they were about to be executed, they were miraculously saved, they survived the war, came to America, and were actually instrumental in, in literally changing the whole landscape of of American American Jewry. And 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 the story just underscores how far the mitzvah of Kibbut Avayim can extend, and to show what kind of went through the mind of of, of a saintly tzaddik of a saintly rebbe minutes before he thought he was going to die. One one point nine half and soul to soul. Please don't run away. There's lots more to go. Hi FM, your station of choice since two thousand and eight. One one point nine Chai FM. This is Soul to Soul. Back on your radio here in Johannesburg on Air Shabbos Kodesh Parshas Yisrael. It's so great to have you on board. Let's get right into talking about some some Torah. So of course. The highlight of Pasha's Yisrael is, of course, the incredible uh, a revelation of HaKadosh Baruch Hu to Klai Yisrael on Matan Torah, on, on Hazina. And Chazal tell us that HaKadosh Baruch Hu held the mountain almost menacingly over the heads of Klai Yisrael to coerce them to accept the Torah. Right? And Chazal learn this from the fact that it says, it says, Vayoytze Moshe Sa'om Nikrasa Lekim Minamachane, Moshe Abeno brought them out from the camp, Vayisyatsu Besachti Sahar, and they stood under the mountain. And then it says, the very next passage, Vahar Sinai Oshan Kuloi, and the, the mountain was entirely enveloped in, in smoke, because Hashem had descended upon it in, in, in fire. So, the, the, uh, the Gemara says, the Gemara in Shabbos 
says, why, why does that, uh, they stood underneath the, the mountain. So it says there, so Rav Avdimi, Bahama Bahasa said, so this teaches that Akarish Baruch held the mountain over them like an upturned barrel. And he said to them, if you accept the Torah, fine, but if not, your burial will be there. Taisus asked a very obvious question. Why was it necessary to coerce Klai Yisrael to accept the Torah in this kind of almost threatening manner? Hadn't they already proclaimed willingly and enthusiastically, Naseh and Nishma will do and we will hear. So the Medrash Tanchum and Pashas Nayach addresses this question and explains that the coercion applied to the acceptance of Torah Shabbat Peh, of the oral, of the oral Torah. Right? And he said, Mendel says kind of, you might think that HaKadosh Baruch Hu held the mountain threateningly over them, over them, trying to coerce them to keep their written Torah. But no, from the moment he asked them, are you willing to accept the Torah? They said, unanimously, Nasev and Nishma, yes. Right? Because it doesn't involve so much effort and torment and it's concisely written Torah. So it wasn't so difficult to accept. Rather, he threatened them on account of Torah Shabbat Peh because it contains all the precise details of the mitzvahs, both the simple ones and the very complicated ones and it's severe as death and 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 it's and it's, it's such hard work and one has to invest so much time and effort in understanding it for you to, if you don't study you'd only do it unless you love akalishbok with all of your heart and all of your being and all of your all of your might and anyone who loves wealth and pleasure can't indulge in the study of Torah because it demands Great suffering and lack of sleep. So, even having said this, we have to try to explain why our Kaddish Baruch was so fit to, to coerce Kaiso to accept Teresh by holding the mountain over their, over their heads like an upturned barrel. Right? Clearly, he could have accomplished his goal in many other ways. So we have to assume that this specific type of ordeal teaches us an important fact concerning the, the Kabbalah Satera Shabalpeh. And let's try maybe to, to clarify this a little, a little bit. So we'll start to shed a little bit of light by referring to the, to the commentary of the Balaturim. So the ba- Balaturim Interprets the the pasuk, right? And it says at the foot of the mountain, and then it says Har Sinai. So it says the word Har twice. So he says this teaches us that the mountain was uprooted from its place, and it became like a mountain on top of a mountain. Now, his comment suggests that he's attempting to, to, to reconcile this, the, there's redundancy. Why did it have to say the word har 
twice, right? It says, and the very next word is Vahar Sinai. Why the double mountain? Right? It could have simply said, they stood at the foot of Har Sinai, which was entirely engulfed in, in, in smoke. So, however, if we, if we try to study what he says, his comment is very, very puzzling. Because even if Arsenai was uprooted, so we're still only dealing with a single mountain. So what does he mean when he says that it became a mountain on top of a mountain? So to explain this kind of cryptic comment, so there's an incredible Chiddush found in the, in the Yalkut Ruveni, where it says that when the Torah was received, Haramaria, the, the place of the, of the base of Mikdash, the, the, the Harabais was uprooted and brought to the Midbar so that the Torah would be given on this special site. And it appears that the source for this Chirish is a Medrash in Tehillim in capital Samaches. says, where did Sinai come from? Shav Yaisi says, it was pulled out of Hara Maria. Like Chala is pulled from, from a dough. From this, this is the place where Yitzchak Avinu was tied up. HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, seeing as their father Yitzchak was bound on it, it's fitting that his children receive the Torah on it. So, if, if, if with this kind of amazing premise that Har Sinai and Har Maria Com- combined, so now there's a very, very nice interpretation of a pasuk which is related actually in the in the Akeda that everyone kind of kind of struggles with. It says, "By Yikra Avram Shem Amalkam Ahu Hashem Yire." Avram named the place Hashem Yire, Asher Ye Omer Hayoyim, and it is said this day, "Bahar Hashem Yira on the mountain Hashem will be seen." And, and, and concerning the name, what does it mean Hashem Yireh? So Rashi says, so the, the simple explanation is, as the Targum says, Targum Onkel says, Hashem will select and see for himself this site that he's gonna rest his Shina in and have Kabonah sacrificed here. But how does this explain the conclusion of the Pasuk? As it is said, this day on the mountain Hashem will be seen. So, perhaps, perhaps the, the explanation is based on the Medrash side above. Avram was dominating that Hashem Yireh, which means that Hashem would find and, and see this place fitting as a resting place for, for Ishkina, namely, the Beis HaMikdash. But additionally, as it said this day, that it also be decreed in Shemayim, that on the mountain, Hashem will be seen. That when the time comes to give Yisrael the Torah on HaSinai, Hashem's mountain, which is uh, uh, Haramaria, will be seen at the site of HaSinai. In other words, it will be uprooted from its location and stand atop 
Hasinai, so that the Torah will be given on on both. So that also gives us a beautiful insight into another Gemara. There's a Gemara in Saita that quotes Rabbi Yosef and says a person should always learn from the the the, the, the good sense of his of his creator. Because when HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave the Torah, he abandoned all the great mountains and hills, and we know, rested the Shekhinah on HaSinai. And Rashi comments that we're being taught to value modesty and humility from the fact that HaKadosh Baruch Hu passed over all the greater and majestic tall mountains such as Har Tavor and Har Carmel, in order to give the Torah on on the uh, very lowly, it's a little hill of of of, uh, of Sinai. Now, the 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 source of this is is the the Gemara in in Megillah, and in fact, it's it's actually brought also in the uh, in the Medrash Rabbah, where Chazal expounds on a pasuk in in Mishlei. I'll just translate it. It says, a man's pride shall bring him down. And that applies to Hatavar and Harakarma, which came from the end of the world, proclaiming kind of boastfully, we are high and HaKadosh Baruch will certainly give the Torah on us. But, right, the, 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 Hashem says, no, the one who's of the lowly spirit, he's going to attain the honor. That applies to Hasinah which humbled itself by saying, I am low. Consequently, Hashem placed His glory upon it. And the Torah was given on that mountain. And it was privileged to receive all of this honor. As as it says in, in our parsha, right? Hashem descended on, on, on Hasina. So according to this Medrash, HaKadosh Baruch opted to give the Torah on Hasinai Specifically, because due to its humility, it agreed to have Hakadosh Baruch Hu bring Har Maria from Eretz Yisrael and place it on top of itself, Hasinai, so that the Torah will be given on Har Maria. The other mountains demonstrated the midah of of gaiva, of arrogance and vanity. They didn't agree to have Har Maria. Brought and placed on them. No, I'm big enough myself. Don't put anyone on top of me. Hasina was prepared to to allow the other mountain, the other mountain to 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 be to be over there. So with that kind of uh, uh, beginning, we can now try to clarify the 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 comment of the of the Balaturim. And the Balaturim said, "Why does say Sachti Sahar and Hasinai?" That this teaches us that. The mountain was uprooted and placed on top of a mountain. So he explained. So he's attempting to, to reconcile why it says Har twice. Yet the Pasuk, right, concludes that it says, Har Sinai, Oshan Kuloi, was totally enveloped in, 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 uh, in smoke. And there it says specifically Har Sinai. So if the Pasuk is talking about the same mountain, then it should have first mentioned, should have first mentioned, they stood at the foot of Harsinai, and then carried on, as you would normally, you mention the noun first, and then you can talk about 
the 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 mountain the aforementioned mountain was entirely enveloped in in uh, in smoke so then the then it would then it would have been partial then it would have been quite quite clear but here it says ha ha and then it says the Sinai. so that's why the balatunim proposes this tremendous khirish based on the on the on the medish we just mentioned <clears throat> and he says at the time of Matantara, Kodeshvahu took Har Maria and placed it on top of Har Sinai. Now, on the way to the Midbar, before it was placed on top of Har Sinai, Hakodeshvahu held Har Maria over the heads of Kaiso, and he said to them, if you accept the Torah, all is well. If not, your burial is going to be here. So this Amazingly, explains the language of the pasuk so well, because originally it says without mentioning that it was speaking about Harsinai, because it was actually alluding not to Harsinai but to Hamaria. That is, the mountain that was held over their heads is referred to as the mountain, since. It was actually known, it was the well-known mountain on which Avram Avinu bound Yitzchak. So then the apostle continues, Vahasinai was entirely enveloped in smoke because Hashem had descended upon it in, in the fire. In other words, Hasinai remained in its original location. It was not uprooted. The mountain that Yisrael stood under was Har Maria on its way from Eretz Yisrael to Arsinai. So now, we could actually marvel at that the Balatunim's comment is, is beautiful. It's, it's, it's perfect. It makes absolutely so much, so much a, 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 a sense. Now, kind of carrying on a, a little bit. So now we can explain why it was necessary for HaKadosh Baruch Hu to force Klaiso to accept the Teresh Baal by holding Hara Maria over them. And we can begin that by, by presenting, we know a, a story about the great Rebbe of, of Sans, Chusu Yogen Lenu, the author of the Divrei Chaim. The Talmud story, he was already acknowledged as a great Talmud Chacham and, and a tzaddik. And he went to visit and benefit from the, the, to be in the great, in the great, uh, environment of the Regina, Rav Yisrael of Rajin, and upon witnessing the very, very holy way in which the Regina served HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so the Sansa Rebbe said of him, listen, says HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us two sacred mountains, Hasinai and Harmaria. We received the Torah on Hasinai, whereas Yitzchak was bound on top of the Mizbeach on Hamaria. Yet, we see HaKadosh Baruch who chose to build the Beis Hamikdash on Hamaria rather than on Hasinai to teach us that service of Hashem based on, on mysterious nefesh, on, on, on self-sacrifice is even greater than, 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 uh, than Talmud Torah. So, with these words, so the Sanzareba is actually telling us 
that with obviously all of his great humility, he's expressing the great honor and esteem he had for the regina of. You know, despite his own great Torah knowledge, the Rebbe of Sanz felt that the mysterious nefesh exhibited by the regina Rebbe in his Avodah Hashem exceeded even his own. So we learn that how Maria is Right, as a, an emblem of mamish of of Mesir's nefesh, as demonstrated by Akedas uh, Yitzchak. Hasina, on the other hand, is symbolic of Torah study and and Kiyom Hamitzvus. So the Gemara says in in Brachos says Reish Lakish that from where do we know that words of Torah? Are, cannot be retained except by someone who literally sacrifices himself for the sake of the Torah. Because it says in Pashas Chukas, Adam person who dies in a tent. So it's apparent that this statement applies to the work involved in the study of Torah Shabbat Peh. As the Medrash Tanchuma says, that Torah will not be found in someone who seeks pleasures of this world, right? If someone wants earthly desires and honor and all that kind of stuff, then it can only be found by someone who really endures Mesir's Nefesh self-sacrifice on its behalf, right? That's the way of, of the Torah. Right? It's Paspa Melech Toyakal. You have to eat the, you have to forego some of the pleasures, sleep on the ground, and only then can you, can a person really become great in, in, uh, in, in Torah. So we see that in order for a person to be able to learn and retain words of Torah, so there are two prerequisites. Firstly, we have to emulate Hasinai by studying with great humility and, 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 and a lowly spirit like Hasinai. Secondly, we have to emulate Akedas Yitzchak on Har Maria by studying Torah with, with a tremendous degree of self-sacrifice. And it's not for nothing that Chazal said in, in the Medrash, it's Medrash in, and Tehillim, uh, Pei Zion, that the foundation is always in the holy mountains. Foundation of the world is in the merit of the two holy mountains, Hasinai and Anhamriya. So now we can appreciate why our Kanishbor who chose to, to kind of mount Haramaria on top of Hasinai. He wanted to teach us that we have to emulate both Hasinai and Haramaria. We have to study Torah with tremendous Anova and tremendous self-sacrifice. Otherwise, without both elements, without self-sacrifice, so our learning cannot endure. And it was for that reason that Akash Boko held Haramoria, right? Which is, which, which signifies mysterious nefesh, kind of over Klyasol's heads. And he says, if you accept the Torah, good. If not, if you're not going to have self-sacrifice, then, then your achievement in Torah study is, is, is not going to be worth very, very much. And, and, and you'll be buried there because you won't really retain, retain your, your Torah. So that's why we have this combination 
of Har Sinai and Har Maria together because we need these two, these two messages. We're going to be back in a moment with more amazing Torah. This is 101.9 Chai FM, soul to soul. Please stay with us. Chai FM, your station of choice since 2008. 101.9 Chai FM, soul to soul. Friday afternoon here in Johannesburg. On Erev Shabbos, Kodesh Parshas Yisrael. Welcome back to our uh, next segment of the program. So glad to have you. As we always do at this point on the show, just to go through the important details one needs for this coming Shabbos. So, of course, as I said, it is Shabbos Kodesh Parshas Yisrael, the week on which we read the Aseris Hadibris in, in Shul. So, what are the times for, for this afternoon? So, the earliest time for lighting of Shabbos candles will be at 25 to 6, 535 is the earliest time to begin your your Shabbos. And of course, take the chance. Go for it. Try to add uh, a value added hour to your to your to your Shabbos and make it even more beautiful and more more fulfilling than than ever than ever before. Standard Johannesburg candle lighting time for the summer remains quarter past six, approximately for another another month or, or so. Uh, that's when many of the shuls that Baruch Hashem are now reopened, hopefully, with a maintaining the very, very strictest of, of protocols, because we ain't out of this yet. And please, uh, if you're going to go, make sure with the sanitizing and mask wearing and social distancing is very, 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 very important. So many of the shuls begin their davening at quarter past, quarter past six, which means that, uh, uh, that, that would be the preferred time to light, or certainly before the shul, uh, uh, that you belong to says Mizmor Shir, Niyarim HaShabbos, the latest time for lighting, uh, uh, Shabbos Licht, uh, uh this week as, and it continues to to get to get uh, earlier is six thirty nine six thirty nine is is the latest time for lighting Shabbos. Look, you must get it up by then. Shkia therefore is at six fifty seven uh, uh, this evening. So if you want to uh, uh, daven uh, a myrev. Bismanoi uh, and and not have to repeat Krishma. We won't have to wait until about quarter past seven to 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 do that, and then sit down with the family and enjoy a a Shabbos repast of of note with some beautiful zemiras and some and some divritera and and make it the most unbelievable Shabbos as as possible. And of course, tomorrow we lane uh, Pashas Yisrael, and the Haftira is the normal Haftira for Pashas. Yisrael, which is a, a beautiful, beautiful Haftarah with some pretty, pretty deep insights into into what the, the Navi was was shown at that uh, at that uh, at that time, and of course the real speciality of the Shabbos is that this week is Shabbos Mavarchim Chodesh Adar. Yes, Adar is coming. Rosh Chodesh Bez Hashem will be next Friday. And Shabbos and Purim, therefore, is only three weeks away. In fact, three weeks from today is Purim. Purim is going to be on the Erev Shabbos this this uh, this year, and it's going to be a very very special 
uh, uh, Purim and we're going to have an opportunity in, in a unique way, first of all because of the pandemic and because it's Friday, to celebrate Purim and, and make it as happy and as meaningful as we have in every other in every other year uh, 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 to to date. And so that's Shabbos Barakam, Rosh Friday and, uh, and, and Shabbos. Uh, Shabbos Kodesh ends tomorrow night at 7.30. Half past seven is the end of, of, uh, of Shabbos. So this is then the last week of Kodesh Shvat. And we're moving, we're moving to, into exciting times, Purim and then Metzeshem. That other Chag that comes a month after that, that I'm told I'm not allowed to mention because it gets certain people very, very stressed. And I don't want to stress anybody. On, on Friday afternoon as we kind of mellow down for a beautiful, beautiful Shabbos. We are learning, we are involved in, in studying the laws of Chol, right? We have a Chag coming up in, you know, in seven weeks. So, uh, and we'll, we'll be, we're going to have a beautiful Chol In fact, uh, Chol uh, Pesach is actually all weekdays, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So, you know, these halachas are going to, are going to definitely uh, uh, apply. So we spoke last week, uh, from the, from the Shulchan Aruch about certain allowances to do things that are necessary on behalf of the community. And of course, at that time, uh, uh, we, we, we discussed that it was the responsibility of actually the townspeople, the inhabitants of, of the town to, to sort out uh, whatever needed to be done, and since Chalmoy was the only time they weren't working and they were available to do that, so that was an opportune moment to to sort out whatever needed to 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 happen. What happens uh, nowadays? So, of course, the 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 permission to do work on Chalmoy for the public good was at at that time where there was no real. You know, there wasn't a leadership. There wasn't kind of a a town council that could, let's say, uh, collect uh, uh, taxes and make uh, and make make laws. But of course, as soon as we live in a situation where we're living in a municipality or or or, or a city type uh, a structure where there is a government and and there is there is leadership that is able to worry about all the public services the whole year the whole year round so then of course it would be forbidden for individuals and and completely unnecessary for individuals to get involved in in sorting out the public goods on on uh, on Chalmite, right so the, the the government can can take care of them and therefore nowadays that the 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 local uh, uh, government is well organized and obviously they they do their their job and and they have they have uh, financial resources and they have a uh, they have uh, employees who are able to do whatever functions needs to be done be it electricity be it water be it be it roads so then any work that could be done at any other time so we're not allowed to go and do it in homeward others can can uh, can can do it and only those things that are absolutely essential to be done specifically on Cholomite, let's say uh, 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 the the you have rubbish bins that are I don't know that are overflowing and and uh, could cause a public uh, 
public hazard. So then we can we can sort it out in the if it's not going to be sorted out by the by the municipality. And if there's something that we need for our own physical uh, uh, betterment during Cholomoyed, so that people shouldn't uh, uh, have to suffer or put up with any kind of a a, 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 a very very uh, bad in, inconvenience, or Chassidim they shouldn't trip on, on something. So then, uh, one would even be allowed to to embark on, on, on a professional labor in order to save someone from a dangerous uh, uh, situ- situation. So therefore, let's say there is some kind of uh, uh, impediment in the middle of the, of the, uh, of the streets, I don't know, some, some wires fall down and, and there's a real danger and, and the municipality, for whatever reason, is not uh, uh, getting to it. So electricians within the community would we'll be able to fix it on uh, on on chol on chol if there's a there's a plumbing uh, a problem the sewers aren't working as as well and that is again going to be some kind of has some kind of detrimental effect on the public good so again even a professional you get be allowed to get professional plumbers to to fix what needs to be done on on uh, on on Cholmoyed, even if it's a very very Big, strenuous, time-consuming, time-consuming uh, uh, a job. Uh, same thing. Let's say uh, uh, there's an issue with plumbing or water supply in, let's say, in the shul, so that in order that the people who are davening should be able to, I don't know, wash their hands before before davening, or or you know, uh, go to the uh, go to the men's room, or or let's say there's a, a vehicle. That is needed for public uh, transport, which the 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 the, the uh, community relies on them to be able to uh, travel and and go places on 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 Cholmoyed. So one one would uh, be allowed to get a a mechanic to to fix that to make it available for public service on uh, on uh, on Cholmoyed. We're going to go to the shops and be back with our final segment in a moment. This is 11.9 Chai FM, Soul to Soul, on the greatest Jewish radio station in all of Africa. Chai FM, your station of choice since 2008. 11.9 Chai FM, we're back on your radio for our last segment before we run away and take care of getting our last minute things ready for, for, for Shabbos. So, we're talking about things that you're allowed to do for the public goods nowadays uh, 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 in our society. So one would be allowed to print a a newspaper, provided that, of course, it only speaks about good news and, and good things. And Hashem would never write any Lashon Hara or reprehensible chatter about anyone or anything. And... One can write things on, on, on the internet. Good news. Again, because today we are so starved for hearing news. We can't, we can't manage without hearing news all the time. So it has to be provided. Otherwise, all people will look in other sources and those sources might not provide only, only good, good news. And therefore, we are allowed to keep all the broadcast networks uh, and communications lines open and available for the uh for the uh community 
and and for the for the leadership. And obviously, again, we should use that as the opportunity to tell nice, inspiring stories, to share the return, to do that which the media does best, which is keeping people positively in uh, informed and 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 uh, you know leave a good influence and leave a good um, uh, feeling in everybody's. Uh, minds and and that would then be considered something that's necessary for the public good and uh, uh, a double of it something that uh, needs to be needs to be uh, uh, done um in addition since people are are always interested to hear the uh, the the news so if we're not going to provide them with good communication and, and good in, information so then, they'll go, as I said, to other places where they might not get such, such good, uh, good, uh, good news. Um, and, and obviously, in order for the newspaper to make money, even though we don't really do business, one can, one can print all kinds of adverts and, uh, and things. But one should not write on, on Chalmoy various, uh, articles or, or editorials, uh, which really don't apply to Yontif and are, and are more relevant for after after Yontif. But uh, any kind of vital information that they wouldn't appear in print could cause either the readers or, or the newspaper some kind of a loss and, and there's no possibility of preparing that information after Yontif. So then uh, uh, one would then be allowed to do it even on... Uh, on on Chalmoyd, especially if it couldn't be written before before the Chag, so then you can prepare those editions or those uh, 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 that uh, you know uh, weeks uh, uh, paper for 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 public for publication. Now, when it comes to doing things for mitzvah activity, so a mitzvah activity, so there we allowed. Doing non-professional uh, uh, work in order to allow people to fulfill a a, a mitzvah that uh, the opportunity to fulfill that mitzvah arose on the on the boy. And we'll be talking about whether a mitzvah that will be done by an individual or whether it's a mitzvah that involves the entire the entire tzibur. You'll be allowed to do non-professional work to facilitate the performance of that of that. Uh, of that mitzvah, because really doing a mitzvah would fit into the category of being any other item or or, or, or necessity for the for the yantam, which we said you're allowed to do for them malacha, but non non professional type of type of uh, type of work, right? Because as we've said several times, the only time you're allowed to do professional work is either for one's personal needs. On on uh, on Yontif, such as food preparation or or providing water, so there we allowed uh, uh, professional labor, but not not for anything else. Therefore, we said you are not allowed to write a sefer Torah on uh, on Chalmoid. Even one letter would be also to to write because. <laughs> Writing a sefer being a cipher is definitely a professional, a professional job. But again, because it's only uh, only uh, uh, allowed if it's needed for for uh, for Cholamite. But let's say 
if uh, Sefetora needed some kind of a repair and it was a non-professional type of activity, so then you'd be allowed to do that on, on Cholmoy, even though they don't need that, se- that Sefetora on, on Cholmoy, because since it's a, a, a mitzvah need to have the Sefetora fixed, so you're allowed to do mitzvah need activities that are not professional, uh, even though it's not necessary for, for the, uh, the Cholmoy. So therefore, a Sefetora that had a mistake in it, so you're allowed to, uh, let's say it's an extra letter, you can erase that, uh, that letter. If there are two letters that are touching, so you're allowed to separate, uh, them. If, uh, some of the, uh, ink got, got, uh, uh, you know, wiped off, so then you'll be allowed to use a, a, uh, uh, you know, to strengthen and, and put more, more ink on that, uh, on that, uh, on that place. So those are things that are necessary and therefore allowed, allowed to be done. That about brings us to the end of our broadcast for this week. And please God, we'll be back next week with more Torah, more, more inspiration. Thank you for being part with us. Thank you for being part of our radio family. And just to wish all of our listeners, wherever you might be in this beautiful world of ours, a, a, a warm, and kind of really inspiring Shabbat Shalom. This is the Shabbos of Matan Torah. Let's recommit to our learning, to our keeping, to our observing, to our wanting to understand and wanting to connect at every opportunity with the Torah. To each and one of you, a beautiful good Shabbos. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life.